Good evening, and welcome to episode 55 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast, presented by Loyalty Liquors, hosted by Aaron Taylor and Ben Schanenberger. It is, oh, happy St. Patrick's Day. And almost, and tomorrow's the first day of spring. Well, and tomorrow's when you're listening the first day to this, of spring. it'll be the first day of spring. And it's March Madness. And uh, I don't know. Joe Biden tripped going up the stairs of the plane. That was kind of funny. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, didn't you didn't see that? that? No, I'm fucking social media list, Brent, Ben. Well, yeah, but I was told, and then someone showed me the video, and well, I got to get better. All right, fine. Nobody, nobody fine. Me Tre- fine. Trevor told me, okay, all right. You made me watch the video. Um, how are you, bro? How was your week? Uh, week was good. I mean, you know, we're talking about sports, and this is not a podcast, and we almost never talk about sports on this podcast, but... My boy GM, Bill Belichick, you know, uh, I'm close personal friends with his girlfriend, Linda Holiday, and his dog, Nike. Uh, they, Bill just went banana lands. Uh, he spent $132 million in two days, which was, as a Patriots fan, is awesome to see because they, you know, a lot of teams, when, when they have the season the Patriots had last year, they say, all right, you know, we got to break it down. We got to rebuild. And, uh, you know, as a Patriots fan, we don't rebuild. We just reload. Uh, so that was great. Um, weather's beautiful here in Connecticut. Um, today's like 60 some odd degrees. Tomorrow's going to be more of the same. Definitely feels like spring. Um, uh, that's always, that's always a good vibe in the air. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I, w- I went home last night and, uh, and watched the games and just, you know, the COVID restrictions at bars just do not suit our friend group. We went to elicit with like 10 guys and, they just wanted us gone the second we walked in there because they're like, I mean, you know, you've been there. They're, you know, no more than eight at a table. Everybody has to have a seat. Nobody's standing. And we were just running amok, you know, taking over half of tables and then having nine people stand out around the dude, table. And dude, so this is – that's like the whole thing. It's like, um, you know, do the math. A hundred years ago, around 1920, the Spanish flu came about right around – right around the same time as prohibition and people think prohibition oh yeah like was the prohibition of alcohol but man it was the same exact thing like they shut down the economy shut down businesses yada yada the whole nine yards and that's why like speakeasies came about so maybe we're heading back to the speakeasy uh that would be dope. How fucking gangster would that be? I would, love, I would be? love to be the, able to hang the, out with the Wait, speakeasy. wait, wait. It's all reciprocal, right? The roaring 20s. Are we going to be like fucking Great Gatsby over here? Like fucking – or wait, was he uh, – what's yeah, that was, movie I'm thinking? This is the wrong – well, The Great Gatsby was a book first, but it was also a movie with Leonardo. Yeah, I know it was a book. And Do you think I read it? <laughs> Fuck no. Um, But, uh, yeah, dude, maybe we're heading towards some like wild, cool times. I mean, we better be fucked. Yeah, at the rate at the rate we've been going, but um, yeah, no. Overall, good week. Uh, I took Friday. I took yesterday off from work, which was which was uh, great, you know. So uh, it was a good week. But uh, Benny, you know, I my week was was pretty pretty pedestrian in comparison to yours. So uh, how was your week, man? Well, my week is. I mean, it's it's been fucking groovy. Um, Started off with a big uh, philanthropic effort. Um, 
I donated my really nice bicycle to the homeless population of Denver. Um, so that's how my week started. Basically, uh, oh, shout out uh, friend of the pod, um, Meredith, who, uh, who who filled me in that uh, you never sent uh, the wine to her. So, yep. uh, Mary, I, I still have your address. I, I'll put the bottle in the mail this week. I picked up a wine shipper from, from my dad so I could ship it out. Uh, that's on me. But, <laughs> you know, I am not above uh, being publicly shamed for not doing something I said I was going to do. So I will do it now. <laughs> no, it's kind of funny, though. But, uh, yeah, dude. So, rolled across the country. I, I went. Um, Let's see. Ripped out of Connecticut, Connecticut to St. Louis, actually east, like east of St. Louis, like a hundred miles. Then from there, ripped to the next day, Denver. And then the next day drove to Telluride. Now, absolute must do for anybody is drive that Eisenhower um, express the continental divide fucking expressway from Denver to Grand Junction, Colorado, dude, it looked, it looked like a different fucking planet. Yeah. <clears throat> it like, and it went from like, you know, you know, you're driving through like up through like whatever, like Vail and all that shit. And then, you know, you keep going and you know, it's just like how the landscape changes. Like dude, America is just truly like badass that's that's for sure mm -hmm. but uh yeah rolled into telluride on um i guess it was uh tuesday tuesday and dude you want to talk about a place i mean straight up it's like it's beautiful like there, there's no words so honestly it's like a little hidden gem and uh we're, we're kind of like i mean it's it's a gold mining town that turned into a, a ski town but um absolutely wild terrain like big huge steep terrain like all the mountains around here are like you know 13,000 14,000 footers i guess it's the highest um uh, what's that word? Uh, concentration of uh, 13, 14,000 foot mountains in Colorado. Nice. So, yeah, dude, get up there and it's it just, it's like, it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's beautiful. So. And Thursday you rode the, rode the, uh, the tallest peak you've, you've ever ridden? Dude, Thursday I conquered pretty much the biggest, like, fear slash, it was, it was, I don't know, probably one of the most exhilarating things I've ever done. Because, like, for starters, I'm, I'm, like, kind of afraid of heights. But, like, in weird situations, like, if I was on a roof that was, like, 15 feet off the ground, you know, and underneath it, like, I knew there was, like, something I could, like, severely hurt myself. Like, I would be, like, deathly afraid. Like, it's weird. So, I actually just, I grabbed the the trail map because i wanted to see what the uh, actual height of, of everything where i was but dude i um palmyra peak is thirteen thousand one hundred and fifty feet 
and I probably dropped him like, I don't know, 200 feet below that. So not quite at like 13,000, but 12, nine, geez, dude. So I was like the day before I'd like, you got, you got to get off this one specific lift and then you can just hike and you can kind of hike as far as you want. But ski patrol had this area of the mountains like completely closed for most all of the season like they didn't even know if they were going to open it so on thursday morning i knew i was going to go hike up there i had gone the day before like meaning not that high just like and um so i start cruising up and i get up to the top of uh the dihedral shoots and there was like a couple patrollers ahead of me and there was a ski patroller behind me and he comes up to me and um, he's like, you're going to ski here. I was like, I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, we just opened, we just opened the top. He's like, you'd be one of the first, you know, five, 10 guys to, you know, to hit it. That's like big time, big time bragging rights. And, uh, I'm like, holy fuck. Cause at this point, like I'm already up you know, I'm already up there. I'm up in the shit. You have to boot pack up there. So I had probably been at that point hiking for like 30 minutes to get to that point. And then, um, he's like, yeah, dude, we're, we're all, we're going up. So I'm like, I'm saying to myself, like he specifically said, he said, it'll be the best turns. He said the best turns of your year, not really knowing that, you know, they were dude, they would far and away be the best turns of my life. Yeah, right. So, so, um, he, uh, dude, he, he just started trucking up. So I'm like, Holy fuck. I'm like, okay. It's like, what's the difference? I'm, I'm right here. It's like, you know, let's fucking do it. So basically took me like two hours from that point to hike to the top of where I got to. Yeah. And dude, Aaron, I was going up in some spots, man. And it's like, you know, I'm watching two ski patrollers up ahead of me. Uh, it's, you know, it's called a boot pack, right? So nothing's, there's no set trail. So yeah. I was about the fifth guy on this boot pack in deep snow. We're talking yeah. two, three feet, sometimes, you know, five in certain drifts. But the way a boot pack works is like you get, 200 people to, to hike the boot pack and by the time the 200th guy goes it's like fucking easy stepping well yeah, it's all packed i was like shit. the sixth guy going and so you're like post holing the whole way um you know working up there and then at that point it's like it's like that feeling of like dude i like i'm not turning around now like yeah right you're looking you're, you're on a pitch that's like gnarly you know so you're you got four like I had all four, you know, two poles that were, you know, I was digging in with my boots. Like at that point, like I, w I wasn't turning around. If anything, yeah. I would have, you know, found a flat spot and skied down, but like no, no chance. So then at this point, like as I'm hiking, like, you know, you could tell these two locals that are absolutely in shape are like, I'm getting that snow before you. Cause I got passed by two people <laughs> and like, I was at moving at a good clip too. Cause I passed, I passed one of the patrollers. So yeah. make a long story short, there's other people up there. So that like, 
meaning this was easing my mind. Like sure. this was far and away the highest I've ever been, um, you know, on like a open exposure type, you know, situation. So, you know, you're climbing up basically this ridge line and then you're going to drop into a bowl. And um, so, dude, like I basically, I hiked to the top and I mean, I took some videos and stuff, but I was like in a spot. So I got up there and, you know, I just, I watched another a ski patroller drop in ahead of me and I kind of saw his line and like saw what he did. And um, so then another ski patroller came behind me and like kind of, it, it was awesome. He was like, explained a bunch of shit. He was like pointing stuff out for me. He was telling me like, Hey, there's going to be Abby debris, you know, in here. He's like, um, you know, don't, whatever you do, don't like, you know, don't turn in hard because, you know, if you kick a ski, like, dude, it's thousands and, you know, thousands of feet, you know, straight down. Right. So at this point, like, like I've skied some pretty steep stuff and like, like definitely like skied a lot of Jack's pretty much all of Jackson hole. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, so I, you know, I feel like I've been in steep shit, but like, so now, all that stuff I never was in like pure powder so I watched the patroller go in ahead of me and it, it just like was like it was it was it was very like soothing to watch that I guess and uh so I I get my my shit on basically and I get all dialed in all zipped up and I uh I I did like I stretched you know I did some like stretching up there for, for like you know whatever a minute or two took a couple deep breaths and I, I literally, I fucking just dropped in over the edge of this absolutely massive open face. And so this is what like, what was so cool. Cause I've never had this feeling in my life was you're like Velcroed. Like it's, it's such a steep pitch, you know? such a steep pitch and you'd think like you're just gonna tumble and yeah, just go forever but like you know obviously if you know how to ski it's like you make that i made my first turn in and it's like you come to a stop and it's like compose myself made my second turn <clears throat> and now i'm like at the top of like basically an explosion hole from where they because they have to throw like an avalanche you know for like safety precautions the only way to open it up to the public so there's like an explosion hole and then a cliff band right to my left. So my third turn was like by far and away my scariest turn of my life. And I made, I made a turn. So I was into the right to the left and I was like sitting up and I kind of had to like straight line down through this little spot. And basically once I made my third turn, like towards the left at that point, I was like, dude, I like, I'm fucking golden. So then I just started fucking skiing it and, you know, like creating like the, the, you know, the, like the sloth, I don't know, like the runoff, like basically like you're creating like an avalanche sort of, Yeah. it, it was just like, dude, it was the wildest, wildest feeling of my life. So I basically like rode out. I mean, it was like, it was badass because it was like, 
dude, I got to ski for a minute down like a, like a big open powder field that hadn't been touched. So I got yeah. to the bottom and I basically like, I took this video of myself, like documenting, I guess my feeling of, of that time. And I, it was like unexplainable because I just felt like, you know, for someone that enjoys skiing, like, you know, the way that I do, I, I haven't really been in any like, you know, big terrain like that. So it was like, you know, not only like a check off my bucket list, but it was like, you know, it was like, I wasn't being, you know, irrational. There was, there was, you know, people around me, there yeah. was, you know, patrollers around. So, but either way, so that was like pretty much after Thursday, like on Friday and, you know, like we didn't, we're not even skiing today, but Friday just buzzed around and, and hung out. But, uh, you know, felt like a, a, you know, it was a pretty, pretty in, like, um, what's the word? Like big moment. I, that's, you know, like like a life-changing sort of like sure. like moment that's what yeah like i don't know so yeah man it was fun so is this are you are you you're full into patrick swayze now you're just gonna be chasing big faces for the rest of your life now <laughs> dude at this point um it's it's addicting it's but it's also like fucking scary and i and i don't have the um i would like some you know i would like to get my avalanche one at like minimum you know certification and, yeah. and start to learn some stuff because you know shit can happen up there no like no questions but like that was also one of those times that like if i if i if i was a goner in that scenario like there's worse ways to go than that. Yeah, yeah. That was that would be a fucking Mother Nature you know, is a son of a bitch, man. No, totally. But that's the other thing. It's like I feel like maybe when you're in tune with her too, she's like, you know. I mean, I, right, I think right right there to right there to help you in a in a, a shitty situation. You know? Well, I, I yeah, I think I think Mother Nature giveth and Mother Nature taketh. You know, like I when I was uh, when I was living in San Diego and I was spearfishing all the time, like I put myself in a couple precarious situations that you know, thankfully didn't end up worse than they than they could have, but um, you know that that feeling of being like at peace with nature and in nature and in, you know it's, this is not anything new on this podcast but um like it's indescribable especially in a situation where like you know you have been skiing your whole life and like this was you know something you hadn't done and, and it was a bucket list item so to be able to do it and experience it the way that you did like i mean that was kind of what you went out there for so like that in and of itself is it's, uh is awesome it's funny that you say that because I just had like this weird thought because I mean, that totally wasn't a bucket list thing. And now that's, it wasn't so beforehand, right? Correct. But, and so there you have it. It was like, so I was freaked out in the fucking moment and I, and I almost didn't go. And it's like, there you have it. I fucking did. And then I, I had this like feeling of like fucking euphoria. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's like maybe there, there's the little lesson right there. Like you're, if you're nervous, Sometimes you just got to, whatever it may be, you know, it's like, 
fucking try to fucking bear down and, and, and conquer, you know, a fear or, or whatever. Like I dude, straight up, like I, I'm, you know, I, I'm sketched a little bit by heights, you know? And it's like, I fucking hate for, heights. I hate heights. So, you know, it was, it was cool though, because it wasn't like, a, um, I don't know, dude, I feel and like, I don't know. It must it definitely, I think it goes back to that. It's like, you know, whatever, like vibe, you know, it's like, dude, you're, you're, you're up there. You know, at one point I was like climbing through this little like ravine that was basically just rocks because yeah. the way the wind blew. And, um, you know, I'm just, I was just like thinking to myself, but like, you know, if I was like, all, I was like, I was attached. I was grounded. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to go anywhere. If I, if I started to slip and fall, it's like, I was going to stop, you know, it's like, it'd be like, you know, I have four wheel drive. I did, you know, it would be like, if I just had two wheel drive up there, I don't know that I could make it, but like, you know, us, you know, obviously knock on wood and, you know, kiss, kiss your knees because shit, they're important. You need them. Mm. Um, like, dude, you're, you're, you're like, in a way, like connected. So, um, you know, and, and the other thing, it's like, dude, people have climbed way sketchier, way steeper, way gnarlier at what, you know, it was a beautiful fucking day. I got roasted, you know, I probably got skin cancer. Um, (laughs) you know, like it wasn't like I was in like shitty, shitty, you know, terrible conditions. Like I, I was, it was, picturesque all around so um dude i sacked up and I, and i went for it and it, and it paid off so yeah and and i mean that's ma- what you gotta do story, right makes for a story on the old sunday combo pod you know <laughs> well I, you know and and like i you know we've talked about while you know while my uh travel aspirations are, are currently on hold you know somebody's got to be doing it to give us something to talk about but one of these days we'll be doing a podcast where we'll be sitting in norway and i'll be like yeah man well i climbed up this fucking place today and it is incredible but um well this fjord yeah yeah um <laughs> the uh but i i just i i i can't i'm so stoked for you i mean this it's, it's like very reminiscent of obviously the the you know probably three or four months there where, where you were just kind of on the move all the time because like you're, you, you, I mean, you're doing what we preach all the time and chasing, you know, what makes you happy and, and, you know, and doing what it takes to, to make it happen. And I mean, it just gives credence to what we talk about that like that stuff can be done if you're willing to do it. And, and on top of that, like you just said, get over your fears of, you know, all the million, there's, you know, I say this a lot. There's a million reasons not to do something. There always will be a million reasons not to do something. And all you need is that one, like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyways, you know? And it makes for a great story. It makes for a great experience. It makes for something, you know, you'll remember forever. Totally dude. And like, it, it, it was so funny. It kind of came full circle. Uh, I like to, uh, I, cl- I like to collect the trail maps from wherever sure. I go, you know? So, I went down this morning. Um, we went down and returned. Uh, so I'm, I'm with shout out Trev and his brother-in-law, Nate and their two boys. Like, dude, it's been an absolutely awesome trip. Uh, the two, you know, five and six year old boys learned how to ski, awesome. you know, so, but either way, so 
we're down we're turning their skis down at the bottom and uh i hear you know there's just like i don't know call him like a telluride douche sort of like you could just tell he's got a you know probably 750 million dollars and uh that's just in one of his bank accounts um <laughs> so so he was talking with this uh like a host of the mountains sort of like you know he, he's in like you know a, a telluride worker or whatever and they're like uh oh yeah he's like you're gonna get up to uh palmyra today um he's like it's gonna be freaking beautiful up there like you know it's He's like, these past couple of days, you know, it's like they just opened it. He's like, you got to get up there. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, dude, that fucking ski patroller was right, man. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you'd have some serious bragging rights if you got up there. And, but, um, and not that, you know, I went over and was like, yeah, I went up there and I fucking. So Paul Meyer been there, done yeah, that. Oh, yeah, See yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. But, um, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, I had the serenity of, you know, being up there and, and yeah. going into absolute fresh, fresh snow. And, you know, if they're still talking that it's fresh, like, you know, it, it just goes to show you. Um, the, so uh, that, 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 that was just like, whatever, a, a cool, like, you know, feeling that like fucking right. Like, well, so that, those, that, those, that, those five and six year olds, I mean, there's worse places to learn how to ski, huh? It's going to kind of, no pun intended, but it's going to be all kind of downhill from here, huh? Well, it's, that's funny, but that's, Tre I mean, Trevor learned to ski here in Telluride, so he had to teach his son how to ski here in Telluride. It's, it's, it's funny. So, Corey, my little brother, shout out, Corey, he, uh, the first wine he ever had in his life, you know, to turn this to what my family's into, was uh, we were in Italy in 2015, and we were eating at this little restaurant, and, like, in in a lot of Europe, especially in Italy, like, Restaurants don't like we eat so much earlier here for dinner than Italians do. So like we made a reservation at like 7:30. We show up at 7:30. The restaurant's like barely fucking open at 7:30 at night. And uh, you know, so we we go in, they they sit us down and you can tell they're still kind of prepping some of the tables and some of the stuff. So um you know, my dad's looking at the wine list and he sees a bottle of 04 Giacomo Conterno Monfortino Barolo Reserva, which, you know, Giacomo Conterno is, is almost inarguably the best Barolo producer uh, that exists. And Monfortino uh, is, is um, you know, his, his best bottling and he only makes it in the best years and it's always a Reserva, so it's always aged a year longer. And on top of that, he doesn't make a ton of wine. So... I should say uh, Roberto Conterno because Giacomo Conterno is uh, dead, but um, they, uh, you know, the bottles are extremely hard to find. You know, they're, they're, they get snapped up by collectors. Not a lot of it makes it to the States. So they had a bottle on the list for 400 euro, which, you know, it seems like a lot to the average person spending 400 bucks on a bottle of wine is a lot. Yeah. Well, guess what? In Mountain Village last night, a bottle of Opus One from the what Oakford or whatever something was eight hundred and eighty nine bucks, and that's just Opus One. That's a fucking ripoff. So, <laughs> so welcome uh, to Telluride, baby. So my so my dad <laughs> a bottle, and if if you want to even try and find the bottle, which is not easy, even you know I am pretty good at being able to find hard to stuff, hard to find stuff, and it's very difficult. If you can even find a bottle, it's going to run you sixteen hundred dollars um you know from a store 
and it's a 100 point Robert Parker wine. And that was the first wine my little brother ever had. And it's like, well, you're just, you're never going to top that one. Um, so, you know, we, we, I get there's, it. There's, there's a saying, Aaron, you can't unsee. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, whatever. So if that's, if that's the lifestyle you want to live, then you better fucking just be able to back it up. But you know, whatever fucking yeah, invest in Bitcoin. To, invest in, exactly. You want to buy, you want to buy cases of Giacomo Cantano for two world reserve, invest in Bitcoin, baby. Um, actually it's funny. You should say that I it, just not to change the subject, but I just happened this past week. I was talking to our buddy, Jason, shout out Jace, who Jace came out with us last night. And I can't remember the last time I, I went out with Jason and God, he's such a fucking hoot that kid. Um, so him and I were talking the other night and we, we started talking about sneakers and I, you know, I had, so when I told the story before, but when I moved to California, I sold a lot of my, you know, streetwear shit, including my parent. Moron. Yeah. And well, just wait, it's, it gets better. So, uh, I had sold him my pair of Nike air Yeezys, which also shout out Kanye West. I don't know if you saw Wait, these. wait, you sold those to Jason? Yeah. I sold Yeezys? Them. Sold them to Jason for exact, I just, I said, you know, I just, just give me exactly what I paid for him, you know, uh, and he did. And then he, and what, you know, and what was that? Uh, I paid 500 bucks for him and he flipped them and he made a few hundred bucks on them, which, you know, by, by all means, they're, they're terribly ugly shoes. So they're, you know, they're not really something you're ever going to really wear out unless you're me and you're going to a basement party at Eastern Connecticut state university. And you think you should be wearing shoes that look like that to a party. But, uh, so I sold them to Jace. He flipped them. So we had, we started talking about that. And I, and I said, you know, what? I'm going to, I just want to look a little bit like at like, so Ben, I went back and looked at three pairs of sneakers that I had two that like, you know, I should have known would be worth a lot of money. And one that was completely innocuous, three pairs of shoes face value today from either stock X or, or flight club, which are, you know, two big resellers, $8,000, three pairs of sneakers that I paid I probably paid 900 bucks for, for all three. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're going for eight grand, uh, all, all said and done these days. So, uh, yeah. Well, we got fucking, uh, Charizard's going for fucking $700,000. So, or, or maybe, or is it, is it that much or was it like two fifty? They're going, it's going, they're going for insane. Like, it, I don't, yeah. 250,000. It's just, no, what's insane is, is, the fact that I guarantee you every one of us at one point, I had a Charizard. Sure. You know, I I don't know what the fuck happened to it. Yep. I, you know, someday I'm going to like, I know I had like six or seven pages of holographic Pokemon cards and I get, I don't know what the fuck on earth happened to them. You know what I mean? It's just, it's funny because you know, it's like, those six or seven pages of Pokemon cards that I remembered, dude, get, get this. I remember it. I was, it was either like third or fourth grade. I had a manila folder. So, you know how, like, you know, the, like the baseball card sleeves or whatever, yeah, like, sure. there's like not nine on a page. Yep. All right. Well, instead of having a three ring binder, I had a manila folder and I put like, all those, like, I want to say, you know, maybe 10 pages of those card things in. Yeah. And then I stapled the edge and I wrote like 
Pokemon cards on the front. And, th- and then, you know me, like I like nice shit. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't collect Pokemon cards that were not holographic. Of course you didn't. <laughs> no poor people shit for that. So, like, I, like, meaning out there, like, you know, Blastoise, Charizard, whatever the fuck the Pokemon cards were, yeah. like, you know, it's like I had them in this badass folder. You know, and then I would set that folder down and, and play with my Yo Mega Fireball Yo-Yo, or yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, it's, right. it's like, oh, here, here, Ben was sitting on, you know, a million and a half <laughs> in, in third in third grade, but but I think it was later than that. Cause it was in it was in elementary school. Might have been fifth. Might have been fifth grade. Do you remember? Like, what, what do you think? What, what uh, well, let's see. Um, Pokemon came the, the 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 video game came out when I when we were in the fifth grade. Uh, so it would yeah would have been right around there fifth sixth grade something like that. Nah, you know what? It might have been a little bit earlier than that fourth fifth. It was in that range though fourth fifth sixth grade. Yeah, I mean I was the same way. I had tons of you know what I used to do with trading cards. I used to have so many fucking trading cards, dude. I had like a Randy Johnson rookie card. Like I had so many fucking trading cards. I used to play hockey with my trading cards. I would hold, I would hold them like they were like they were players and I would use like a penny and I would use the cards and like play hockey with my, with my fucking, with like Brett Hull rookie card fucking playing, you know, this made up game in my room. And I mean, you know, as a kid, there's no way you, you're ever going to know any of that stuff. Beanie Babies is another one. I had a ton of fucking Beanie Babies back in the day. A lot of them were worth something. Um, actually as my mom had, uh, my mom had like the Princess Diana Beanie Baby and it was always in like perfect condition. I'll never forget when Sasha was a puppy. Sasha like ripped the fucking tag off the fucking thing. She got a hold of it and ripped the tag off, which makes it completely worthless. But collectibles are weird, man. Collectibles are making this like weird comeback. I don't know if you paid any attention to this Top Shot shit with like... Yeah, the NFTs. Yeah, yeah. And they're like all these collectibles. Oh, wait. Are, are, What's that? Cryptocurrency? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, and they're all based, uh, a lot of them are built on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, you know, Ethereum, uh, something we've talked about a time or two on here. Um, you know, but I don't really do collect, uh, other than wine, I guess. I don't really have any collectibles. I no, I mean, anything. and that, <clears throat> that's, that's the thing. I think, um, you know, but the other thing is, you know, you could also look at your shares of, of, of your, of, of stock of company as collectibles so um whatever it's all it's all relative it's all, it's all relative uh, baby uh by the way just a quick uh, programming note breaking news while while we're recording this the first uh ncaa tournament game that has been canceled because of covid just happened uh really yeah vcu virginia commonwealth had to forfeit to oregon um i must have had a positive test wow. or something hmm. Hmm. now you're gonna start to wonder hmm. Hmm. Like, are they going to start fucking just advancing teams that they want to win or that they had um, big money on? Uh, it's like, uh, oh, guess what, Jimmy? Hey, I'm sorry uh, there, Ricky. Uh, you got COVID and you just got your team booted from the NCAA tournament. Actually, speaking of, one thing I did see, did you happen to see what the NCAA did with the weight rooms for the men and the women in their tournaments? All I heard, All I saw was the... The barstool headline that said, like, men get state-of-the-art 
uh, weight room, women, women get like whatever, like fucking. Dude, Ben, it was it was bad. It was real bad. It was the women's weight room at the bubble, wherever their bubble is, was literally a rack of dumbbells up to thirty pounds, and it was just it was one of those like V shaped, like upside down, almost oh, A shaped, I guess, A shaped racks that went up to thirty pound dumbbells and some yoga mats on a folding table, and then the men's weight room was literally like a like a, a ballroom at a hotel just filled with fucking power racks and barbells and bumper plates and all rogue equipment all you know the the top of the line exercise shit and it was a very bad look for the ncaa yeah that is that's a tough look 100 percent. you know um hey but uh i was an ncaa athlete and i gotta say that you know, the NCAA sucks, and everybody knows it. <laughs> I mean, for, for an organization that exploits their, their commodity more than any, on the pl- any other uh, organization on the planet, you know, the thing, you, you think they could at least pony up a couple grand to put together a decent weight room. But, uh, nope, guess or not. Just do, and it's so funny because we live in, you know, we live in this, this culture of, like, you know, you know equality and all, everything and it's like in my thought process you'd think that they would just have had the identical weight rooms yeah right exactly like okay we ordered one of these uh, you know one of all these for the men like just order another one you know just double it for the women yeah or i guess make it so that one mega mega fucking hall and have like you know I don't, all I don't the ncaa I don't teams in the one bubble yeah. Well, no, that would no, that no, no. worked. The only problem with that is the way that the, the first couple rounds go off, where you've got what 16, 16 games a day. Yeah. So the first two days you got sixteen games a day. So you'd need. Where is the bubble anyway? Where's well, the men's so bubble? One in Indianapolis. They're all like. Oh, I, I drove through Indianapolis. It's all around Indianapolis. That's so funny. I saw NCAA tournament sign this way on the sign. Yeah, Let's well, go. I wonder. I wonder if they're having games here. The finals probably at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. There's one stadiums in in uh, at University of Indiana. I don't know where the rest of them are. I don't. I don't pay enough attention to this stuff. I don't like. Like I filled out a bracket. Hey, so so I gotta ask. Like, does March Madness? Does that? Uh, th- does Aaron? Does he gamble again? Or I uh, so I was gambling yesterday with the boys. Basically, what we did is, I told everybody to bring a stack of singles. And so we're just sitting there going, you know, all right, uh, next three pointer is going to be a miss, you know, who's going to take the make. All right. For a dollar or $2. And, you know, I was like, you know, we're giving each other odds. So yeah, I was gambling, but you know, I had brought, I did my taxes with my accountant yesterday. And as I was leaving, I was like, Hey, do you, Hey man, do you have a, do you have a lot of singles? Like, can I buy some singles off you? So I brought like 28 singles with me and that was it. But no, I won't like, like you mean with my bookie? Nah, I won't bet on it. Cause I, the other thing too, is I don't know, I know the handful of teams that are supposed to be really good and that's it. And the other thing about March Madness is like, dude, fucking anything can happen. It's a, it's a fucking death trap if you're a gambler and don't know anything about it, you know? Yeah, dude, I put 150 grand on Ohio State to win and fuck. Rough go, uh-huh. dude. That's a rough go, you know? But hey, when you got, you know. Imagine that though, someone Bitcoin, did. Cares, not, right? not, not that uh, I would ever, ever fucking gamble on college basketball, but somebody out there put hundreds of thousands of dollars 
on an Ohio State to win. millions. <laughs> oh, okay, there's, you're right. You there's know? probably somebody out there who put a futures bet on Ohio State to win the national championship for like 200 grand, and that's <laughs> it's gone after one game. Just whoops, see you later. Um, hey, how are ya? Hey, how are ya? Uh, I mean, hey, man, I think, you know, we could probably wrap this up. This would be a little bit shorter than a normal episodes, but not by much. But UConn's about to tip off. I want you to be able to get back to your night. I appreciate you taking some time out of your trip to uh, to record with me, even though you wouldn't have had much of a choice. Um, but I'll at least pretend. What do you mean? I, I, I uh, dude, I'm here. You know, I mean, meaning like, this is my job. Like, this is my fucking job. I would not miss my job. I'm, I'm a very astute employee. I always have been. And that's where, you know, that's why I'm with my, my boss right now. And, and hey, now that our hey Air, no, Airbnb no, no, no. just, just, uh, what? No, my old boss. Charles. Oh, your old boss. Your old boss. I thought you were yeah. saying, I was your boss. I ain't your fucking boss. No, no, well, no. Meaning like, you know, I'm like, my old boss invited me to his, you know, Airbnb right here at the base of, uh, Telluride. Um, so obviously, I was a decent employee. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it all paid off, huh? Oh, uh, yep. shit. My old bosses don't even answer my fucking text messages. Shit. Um, guess I was not a decent employee, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm stoked for you. Also, and we, you know, we do this every so, so often, but. You know, shout out to our listeners because I, I looked at our metrics for the first time in a while the other day and I texted you, you know, over the last 30 days, the podcast has been downloaded like 370 times, which, you know, I, in the grand, in the world of Instagram likes and all that stuff, is that that much? No, but considering the fact there was a period where, you know, in the first, you know, 10 to 20 episodes, we would get, you know, 15 downloads an episode, 16 downloads an episode and you know, and a lot of those downloads were people just, you know, either curious or just finding it or, you know, from most of them friends and family. And so the fact that the pod has been downloaded 370 times over the course of a month, you're talking 90 some odd downloads an episode, roughly it's, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy a year later with, with very little no. promotion on our parts that, that we've gotten to this point. Yeah, totally. And obviously, you know, it's like how those metrics work is it, that's in like the thousands. So, you know, we said 379 times, but that's really 379,000 times. So we appreciate all of our. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, my bad. Yeah, I mean, I I know you and I are talking, and you understand the jargon. But yeah, 370,000. You know, we're moving up the top charts. I think we're number 27 in the top charts on iTunes right now. So, I'm, you know, it's not too bad for a couple of kids from uh, Central Connecticut, eh? Hey, how are you, bud? <laughs> um, but uh, no, dude. Um, like I like we've always said it's more you know we started something and we're just showing that we're you know following through with it like oh you guys started a podcast like would you do two and quit no jackass we're at episode 55 so without missing one srds so um srds baby 55 in a row what's good um all right subscribe rate review if you've listened to any of the 55 you know this part um check out the patreon page i think the instagram still exists i actually did check into instagram i i posted my first instagram story in probably six seven weeks on the other day when belichick was going crazy i put you i mean i doubt you you probably didn't see it i i posted uh 
you know, I, I did like a text page and it was like, you know, I've been taking an extended hiatus from, from, uh, from Instagram and it's been really great to kind of get away and focus on what's important in life and not, you know, the fallacy that is the way that life is portrayed on here. But I had to come back and post one thing. And then I posted the video of Belichick walking out from the tunnel where the two little kids stick their hands out for a high fives and he just walks right by him. And, doesn't <laughs> and I put the fucking, uh, the Imperial March from star Wars over the top of it too. Cause like, yo, GM bill is back. Oh, uh, I gotta ask. Um, this is so random and stupid, but like, what were your, uh, what were your, your metrics on that? Like, what were your engagements? Did you, it was like, being away significantly higher than like if I had, if I had been active on, so like, on a, like if I posted in, prior to this all, if I posted an Instagram story, I'd get somewhere, you know, between 250 and 300 likes and Wait, uh, you mean views, views. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My bad. My bad views. Yeah. And uh, this one was like almost at 400. So more, almost, you know, more than 50% of my followers looked at it. So, which is weird. I wonder if it's a, you know, a thing with the algorithm where they promoted it. I mean, it was, you know, in classic Aaron fashion, it was a good Instagram story. I am very good at Instagram stories, but um, yeah. So those metrics were, were way, way higher than, than they normally were. So go figure. Um, but yeah, like I said, check out the Patreon page. I think it's still probably there on the, uh, on the old uh, Sunday conversation, Instagram at Sunday conversation. That's all I got. Benny, you got anything else, buddy? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, um, shit. I mean, fucking the tour continues. The tour. I don't continues. know where I'll, I don't know where I'll be next week. Back to, oh my God, dude. This guy on Yukon has a fucking New Jersey devil's tattoo on his shoulder. What the fuck? Oh, I've never seen that before. Anyways. Uh, all right, buddy. Hey, great chat. Love you. Love you, bro. Yeah.